Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Five Tool Baseball Podcast, episode 51. It is Thursday. I hope you're having a great week. Once again, Drew Bishops joins me on here. And uh, Drew, um, saw some good stuff on uh, on Tuesday. Um, I had more confirmation that the 2023 class is immune to my curse, um, which we were discussing about. So far. So far. So far. I, I wonder if that'll hold. Um, once they become seniors. Um, but so far, those guys are uh, those guys are definitely bringing it um, when I show up. But uh, speaking of curses, like you're starting to get some of my tire luck. Like, yeah. I don't I hope I'm not like unintentionally sending some negative card car vibes your way. But um, yeah, it's uh, used to be a running joke for me for years that I would always have something pop up when I would go on the road places. And most normally, when I drove to Omaha and, and got a flat tire and had to find somewhere in Fort Worth to go get a new tire, <laughs> like yeah. four, three hours into like a 13 hour drive. But um, how are you doing and how are the tires doing? Uh, well, they're good now. Um, this morning was my second flat tire in a week. Oh. Um, luckily, they were both repairable. Um, so hopefully we're ready to go and uh, can avoid that for a little while. Um, it's in, it's, it's just, a, it's just annoying more than anything. Yes. You know, I, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, had nothing serious has happened because of it, but it's just like, it's just a waste of time to like, go take it to the car, the tire place, and then mm-hmm. keep spending a dollar, a dollar 25 airing up tires to see if they're actually flat or not. And just, and I, you know, I can't do much car stuff on my own, but not a skill it's for a me pain. either. Not not yeah. a skill for me either. That's something that yeah. um you know. Shout out to all those manly men that can can get under the can open up the uh and get in the hood and all that stuff and uh, yeah. tires and everything. Like that's that's not me. I'm not afraid to admit that. I um yeah. it's not a skill of mine. But yeah, it's uh, and the, some of those tires too, like the run flat ones, like they technically don't go flat, but at the same time you can't really fix them you have to get a new right. one like yeah it's kind of like oh well what's the point of, the, of that i'd rather just i'd rather have one i could fix than opposed to like one that's supposedly never going to go flat and then eventually does right. like have an issue with it and you've got to pay to replace it but um anyway well good to hear that you're uh you're on four four good wheels good good tires right now because uh we've got a man i was coming going Say through, that. i have haven't been outside since I got home from getting the tires replaced. So <laughs> yeah, the weather crossed. doesn't help either. Sometimes when it goes like yeah. really cold to really hot, like it kind of messes yeah. things up, but um, you know, it's uh, it's crazy that we're still in the month of March and I was counting up the other day that I've already seen 32 high school games. Um, and I'm sure you're probably more than me. Cause I think you've had better weather luck with some of those tournaments and stuff like that. But um, it's crazy that we've already knocked out that many games. Um, and we still I, haven't, we have haven't seen, even got to April yet. We have seen, but if my record keeping is correct, we have seen 69 games between the two of us. That's, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's awesome. And um, 30 out of our 5255, we've seen 35 of the 22 class and 26 of the 23. So 61 yeah. of the 110. Um, you know, I guess it's 109 since um, uh, going blank. Oh, Weigman uh, moved on. So yeah, 109 is the most we can see at this point. So and plus, but, that's not even counting the fall and the summer. Right, so right. yeah, you just know, the spring, just the spring high school season only, which is uh, it's, it's pretty incredible. But um, I've had a blast doing it. Um, it's it's been fun to get around. I mean, it's taken us to heck. It took you to Midland. Um, taking me to San Antonio a couple of times, Dripping Springs, a lot of Houston area stuff, um, which shout out to those Cypress schools. It's super convenient for me because they're literally like right off of 290 before you get into Houston. It's a very easy drive to make at my stop where I get my, my self-served Dunkin' Donuts on the way back. But um, I went down to Cypress Woods on Tuesday night. Um, it's funny. I was, I was texting you. I, I I looked at the weather forecast before I got in the car and it was like lows were like right around 60, like late yeah. in the game. I was like, right, yeah. that's, that's yeah. fine. That's nice. I got there and somehow between when I got in the car in Austin and drove to Cypress woods, a little over two hours, 
the the forecast had dropped like 10 degrees i was like yeah. what so yeah. i was i didn't have enough didn't have my heavier coat on and it felt like it got colder and windier every single inning but um, I got to see Bridgeland and Cy Woods, and I, I think that kind of impacted Murphy Brooks's performance, right-handed pitcher for Bridgeland, um, signed with TCU, 5-55 guy, because you could tell on the mound he was trying to get the feel for, for the ball, and, uh, you know, he's a four-pitch guy. He can spin it a little bit, um, and I, it just wasn't ideal pitching conditions um, and, but that Cypress Woods lineup, man, um, they, they won that battle that evening. They ended up winning the game 5-3. to three. Um, they got on Brooks a little bit early on. Um, that Cypress Woods lineup is one of the better lineups, I think, in, in the state. Um, you know, Brooks, he was up to 90 miles an hour, 87 to 89. Um, spin played a little bit up in the zone, got some swings and misses up there. Um, I, I think that his battles with Tristan Russell, Florida State commitment in the 2023 class, were kind of reminiscent of his outing. Uh, he got R- Russell a roll over one first at bat. Um, he struck him out in the last at bat, but the second at bat, uh, it might be the video highlighting skill of my life. Um, I, I got him um, because the Cywoods field, it's like they they built these fences that prevent you from going around the side or behind home plate. Like you can't like, unless you hop the yeah. fence, you can't get over there. So I found a little area cut out for left handed hitters where they had like a little camera cut out deal. And I was like, well, I can see Myers, Russell, Brady Sullivan. They, they're a bunch of lefties in this game. And um, I got Russell in there. He got on a two-strike fastball. And it was almost like he cut off his swing a little bit at the end to go down and get it. And I'm like, ooh, this has got a chance off the bat. Ends up hitting the scoreboard on the fly. And you can hear the bang in the video. And I was like, oh, this is – I don't know if I'll ever top this. Um, hit a three-run homer that really opened the game up early on and put Cywoods up 5 nothing, and uh, that was kind of the separator in the game. Russell actually made an unassisted double play with the bases loaded one out in the seventh inning with Cywoods clinging to a 5-3 lead um, to end the game. And he's one of those guys that just – he wants the baseball. He wants the baseball right. hit to him. He wants to be involved in the action. Um, he had a really slick kind of flip with the glove. Carson Lord to second base for an inning, inning ending double play earlier in the game. Um, just, just wants to be involved in the action. He, he made a great read. You know, there was a first and third situation with two outs and Bridgeland tried to get caught in a rundown to score a run. He made a perfect read. I mean, just blazed in there, caught the ball, was about to tag the guy and just fumbled the ball out of the tag. Uh, the run eventually scored, but like you could see the way his baseball mind was working. He was way ahead of that action um as it was developing so i came away super impressed with him he barreled a ball from the right side as well he's a switch hitter that went to the warning track the opposite way in right field uh really impressive player um i I first look at him is is a resounding yes we're going to check mark that one but you know brooks I, i think tcu should be excited about what he he could turn into um down the road because there is a distinct feel for four pitches fastball change up curveball and slider they all had that distinct different look this wasn't one of those situations where hey a curveball was a little bit slower than a slider no the slider had slider shape the curveball had curveball shape um there's something in there um i i think that that's that's got a chance to be a good college arm um as he gets a little bit stronger maybe the velocity ticks up and things like that but um then the ability to repeat and command and control ticks up as well but um exciting game down there a, a lot of guys on that list probably get to jump into more of them here in a second but um, you know, it was, it was a good look at, at, uh, at Tristan Russell and, and you had a good look at a, a 2023 guy that, um, I know we're, we're really high on his potential. Another TCU guy, um, mm-hmm. that could profile to be a really good college arm for them. Yeah. Uh, got Hallsville, um, just kind of like you right up Hallsville is right off the highway on 20. Uh, originally the game was supposed to be on right off 30 in Texarkana, Texas high, but the weather on Monday night pushed that over to Hallsville. Um, at first, I was a little bit like annoyed because I thought it was going to add quite a bit to my drive, but it's actually about the same, just in different directions. So, dodged that bullet, but got over to Hallsville and just another kind of cold and windy game. One of those games where you don't really like to write off what you see if it's not good, but yeah. if, if there's something good, it it sticks out a little bit more. Um, Landon Bowden got off to a little bit of a, a slow start in the first thing you know and then he finally got in a groove and you know basically the I think what happened is the other team started talking a little bit and 
he got fired up and got into a into a rhythm and just started attacking early on i thought he was nibbling a little bit um mm-hmm. it may have just been he didn't have his feel kind of like brooks um because of the weather you know like it just didn't it just didn't see like he was he just wasn't attacking the same way he yeah. was later in the game but once he flipped that switch like he basically became unhittable um finished with double digit strikeouts complete game um gave up the one run in the first uh they had bases loaded and no runs and they they got a hit to score then he got a big double play ball to get out of it. And then after that, it was, there was nothing. Um, he just started attacking, started throwing the fastball a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as a result, you know, I think early they were kind of sitting on the breaking ball a little bit, but once he was able to start mixing them, I think he threw two or maybe three change-ups. Um, didn't really need it really. I mean, he was just throwing his fastball in there, moving it around um, and mixing, changing speeds pretty well. But, um, really impressed with him, um, you know, based on where he is currently, I'd move him up, um, you know, just because, I mean, I think there's a lot more there and I think he knows how to pitch already. Um, so, um, liked him, there was a handful of guys on that Hallsville team that I, I was really a big fan of. They had a, a leadoff guy that's going to Arkansas Monticello, Logan Jones, who had a massive bomb into the trees and in, in uh, right field. That's one of the kind of the cool things about some of those East Texas fields is there's a cool setup in the background. Um, but yeah, Logan Jones, he had two hits, I believe. He had a home run and a single. The home run, like I said, it was a bomb. Um, 2024 TCU commit Sawyer Dunnigan played short. Um, Great name. Yeah, no, it was, it, it was easy. Um, he's a guy that when he gets strong and fills out a little bit, I mean, I can see him being a, a big time player, but the actions are there. It's easy for him, uh, hitting the four hole for him as a sophomore. Um, they had another sophomore hitting the two hole playing center field. And he's a guy that to me, he, he didn't do a lot in the game. You know, he, he just missed a couple balls, swung and missed on a couple, but it looked right. But what really caught my eye about him to make me pay attention in the first place was his infield. He was playing center field and just throwing lasers from the mm-hmm. outfield. Um, and it wasn't just like letting it loose to show off a big arm. It was like, you know, two or through the cutoff, man, you know, yeah. getting over the mound, hopping perfectly to the catcher. So it was a, it was a really good arm, but really accurate. Um, super athletic. I know coach Watley thinks he's going to be a, a big player for them in the future. Um, they had a catcher, uh, senior going to Navarro, Matthew Houston, who did a really good job behind the plate. Um, and I get the feel he's one, kind of one of the leaders of that program, four-year varsity starter, um, you know, catches and receives well, moves, moves well behind the plate. You could tell, uh, Landon didn't have any problems throwing the ball in the dirt or turf or whatever you want to, say um because they knew that you know they wasn't going to get by him um he threw well everything between innings was crisp uh big fan of him i thought you know i thought he showed really well um and i didn't get to see him but um coach uh coach wiley said they their other their other starters a sophomore also so they're going to have a couple years of some really good talented teams and i mean even especially this year with some of those seniors with logan jones and matthew houston i think they'll have a chance to make some noise in the playoffs but i was really impressed with them uh texas high had a has a senior center fielder uh going to uh, uh louisiana tech luke smith shout out um, to the bulldogs yeah um he looks the part he moves right in the outfield um very athletic uh leadoff hitter um don't think he had any hits, but let me let me double check my notes here. But everything looks right in the box. It was a tough lefty lefty matchup for him, um, but he definitely didn't look overmatched. Um, let's see, he walked his first at bat, hit a ground ball as short as next to bat, and got down the line pretty quick. I think he struck out the last at bat, but um, you know, all the tools there. Um, he's gonna have a chance to be a good player in college, I think, but. Yeah, it was a good game to get out and see, you know, the quality of play, especially when you factor in the weather, was pretty yeah. high. Um, and it, it was a heated game. There, there was a lot of back and forth between both dugouts. And this one wasn't like a silly one. Yeah. You know, like that's that's one of the things I've seen is like some of it's just like some of the bench jockeying, if you want to call it that, that I've seen this <laughs> this year has been a little over the top and just kind of unnecessary. Yeah. This, you know, once I think we've gotten into district, it, it's become a lot more – 
competitive Mm -hmm. and I, you know, I have no problem with guys talking too much on the bench as long as it's a competitive thing and not just silly and looking for attention, which is what a lot of it I felt like was earlier in the year, but you can tell, you know, there's some history when these teams get into district and the kids know each other and have played against each other for years. And a lot of them play together, you know, Mm -hmm. especially in these East Texas matchups, you know, there's a lot of guys that play for performance and play for a handful of other teams in the area, but they all know each other and you can tell it's very evident. So they're aware of some of these guys and, and, but it makes it fun because it was, it was a, it was a highly or hotly contested game. I mean, like, you know, you could, you could hear both teams talking and, you know, like I said, it wasn't over the top silly, which yeah. is a lot, a lot more enjoyable to watch from the stands. Um, but you see, I, I think I saw uh, Marshall Lipsy come over and I think he, you know, to watch his future teammate Landon Bowden and probably Sawyer Dunnigan too, unless he's gone in, but saw him up in his Spring Hill letter jacket and um, you can tell they, they, he knew some of the other kids and families in the stands, but I thought that was neat to see, but you like, you like to see some of these guys going out to support their future teammates. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. You know, going to watch, going to watch more baseball. Just going to watch so. the game. Yeah. Yeah. Being around yeah. it. You know, that's something that um, there are a couple of guys in the summer that, that had a knack for doing that. Um, you know, Anthony Silva was one of those guys that right. kind of saw him just going to watch really good games in the summer between teams and yeah. stuff like that. Kind of those, those baseball yep. junkies, but um, yeah, it's something that I always kind of keep keep note on as well. But maybe 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 a little scouting going on. Yeah, maybe why not? Yeah, yeah. You know, see if you can report report back to coach with uh, with some things that you're seeing and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it sounds like Hallsville for you know, especially for four A team um, is, is going to have a chance uh, with with some of those guys you you rattled off. But yeah, you know, you sent me some side video of, of Landon and. Um, yeah, I like the way that it looked. I mean, he's he's I, he's bigger than I thought he was, but he's also too like he's got like long legs, and you can kind of see that there's even more potential to become like a physical guy um, on the mound. But yeah, it's one of like whenever I can get a side view, um, it's sometimes you're just like, whoa, that's way different than you think, or sometimes it just kind of confirms like, okay, yeah, this this is uh this is what I thought it looked like in a good way. So and that's what it looked like with him. But um, really excited to see his his trajectory, because I think he's just um, competitive guy that, as you said, like once he, once he got chirped at a little bit, he, he elevated his game and stuff like that. And that's just kind of the reputation that he has. But yeah, speaking of some of those sophomores, you know, Bridgeland's got a couple of guys to keep an eye on so, uh, shortstop Hudson Pollard and, and outfielder Miles Siptak, um, both uncommitted guys right now. You can see that there's, they both have a lot of, um, a lot of potential. There's a definite ceiling to those guys in terms of what they could become. Um, Siptek is a great looking kid. Um, just one of those guys that's just move, everything he does is kind of his athletic. Um, yeah. and, and that's, that's yeah. sort of kind of that twitchiness and, and that sort of thing. Um, Pollard, pretty clean actions at shortstop. Um, like the swing, there's, there's something to work with there. Um, he had the tough luck of hitting the grounder right at, at Tristan Russell to end the game there. But, um, hey, got in the situation, put the bat on the ball hard. Um, just, just eventually, uh, unfortunately for him, right at a guy. But, um, you know, Cy Woods, uh, Sam Myers, another TCU guy that, that's on our 55 list, um, didn't get to put the, the bat in motion a ton. I think he had hit by a pitch and then walked in two other at-bats. But setting in a tone uh, for, for that Cy Woods team at the top of that lineup bit. And they had a sophomore too that I that I really liked. Uh, Wyatt Wimberly, uh, left-handed hitter. Man, he hit a couple of rockets. He actually hit a hard liner right back, and it caught Murphy Brooks in the leg. Uh, looked like that was going to be one of those bruises that lingers for a week. Um, the next at bat, he hit another line drive rocket off Brooks right up the middle for a single, and um, had some bat speed, had some impact off the bat. Um, I, I know coach there at Cy Woods talking to him before the game. He was, that's a guy that he mentioned to me, Hey, keep an eye on this guy. Um, and he looks like he can really swing it. Um, as if that lineup needed another guy that can swing the bat because I mean, they have Brady Sullivan in there as well, who, um, got down the line quicker than I anticipated. Um, you know, he, he, he scooted down the line from the left-hand side. I mean, Colvin Davids hits ninth for them. Um, a guy that's, that caught my eye some in the summer playing with the HP team, um, athletic guy looks like the swings a little bit better uh, but he's I mean he's hitting ninth in that lineup just kind of speaks to how good that lineup is and um, junior third baseman Ethan Ferris for Cy Woods uh, physical tall 
Um, I think he's a bat first player. He played third base for Cy Woods, but the bat is going to be the thing that I think attracts D1 programs to keep, keep an eye on him. But um, one of those guys that like you, you sometimes see those underclassmen, you're like, okay, he's big, he's physical. How does he move? And there's not a lot of stiffness to what he does, um, especially with the swing. Uh, he struck out his first at bat against Murphy Brooks, but it was a really long competitive at bat. He saw every pitch. Um, he fouled a couple off, took some good swings, um, and just, you know, ended up Brooks, a really good pitcher, got the better of him. But I think that's a guy that some programs are going to keep an eye on as well. And, uh, you know, speaking of guys, I didn't get to put the bat in motion a ton. Mississippi State signee Ryan Williams um, got hit by a pitch and walked two other times. He actually walked in the seventh inning uh, to load the bases and keep that thing going for his team. But um, Cy Woods didn't really test him in the run game. Um, and I saw why when he back tried to back pick a guy at second because – uh, there's definitely some catch and throw skill there, strong arm. Um, he's, he's pretty thin right now. And so I think that there's a chance to add on some, some muscle and some weight for him. Um, especially once he gets into a college strength and conditioning program, but, um, you can see why Mississippi state believes in that glove, um, and what he can do behind the plate defensively. Um, you know, we talk about all the time, prep catchers are, are tough, man. It's, it's tough. I mean, catchers in general, you know, even college catchers, you know, these, these pro scouts sometimes just don't know. And that's why, if you know, those guys often get snatched up by the top D one programs where they get drafted very early on out of college, you know, like a Shane chain lane leers or something like that. Nobody doubted that he could catch at a really high level. Um, but I, I feel pretty good that he's he's going to be a solid catcher defensively at Mississippi State. And if the bat comes on a little bit, um, that'll help raise that profile anymore. But, um, you know, both these teams got a chance to make some noise um, in the playoffs. It's, it's tough for them that they're both in the same district. Uh, really, com- as you said, you get into these district matchups and it's really competitive. There's more energy. Every- there's kind of a little bit more anxiety in terms of what's happening and, and making the big play and stuff like that. But uh, my main takeaway coming away from that is that that I, I like I like some Tristan Russell, um, you know, just kind of carries himself with that way that like uh, he's got a gamer vibe to him. He wants to be a part of the action. He wants to be a part of the big moment, uh, make things happen for his team. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so I'm excited. I was surprised to see the the uh, Prestonwood JP2 result the other night. I think. It yeah. How about that? Night night. 19 to two. So I think Jeez. I'm going to go out. Yeah. We had a couple people over at that game and got some good video. Um, I'm going to go see that, the rematch of that one tomorrow night. Um, excited to see a bunch of those guys. I haven't seen Trenton Shaw pitch live. Uh, Terrace Murray's been on a tear. He's been hot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, AJ DePaulo Vanderbilt commit 2024 from Prestonwood. You know, we've talked about JP too. I mean, they're, they're, they're loaded also. So should be another heated battle. Um, you know, see if, see if JP two can get back on the board on this one and turn around. I think Minjay so is supposed to throw that game. So uh, excited to see him live. You know, I've seen enough video that, you know, I think we've talked about him before. Just mm-hmm. wow. <laughs> yeah. Like the ball j- jumps out of his yeah, hand and there, there's, there's a reason that Vanderbilt was interested early, but um, see if he can write the ship and, and even that series up and see how that goes. But yeah, a lot of talent there. And, you know, like you said, you saw some really good private school talent down in Houston last week. And so this will be my chance to get to see that. And, um, you know, talk a little bit about what you're going to be doing this weekend. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of my Super Bowl weekend. So I may, if, I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, you've probably deduced this from my tweets, but I am a fantasy baseball, like junkie, like that's my jam. Um, for some people it's, it's football. I play fantasy football, but I am so in on, on, on fantasy baseball. And, you know, I just, I love watching baseball, but professional baseball too. Like, I mean, when we got a Peloton, like, I would time it to where I could watch the MLB TV four screens and then put four screens on my, my little monitor over here while I ride my Peloton. It makes the classes go by super fast. So, uh, but yeah, I'm going to Las Vegas on Friday for the NFBC, which stands for national fantasy baseball championship. Um, the live Las Vegas drafts for the main event. So they have kind of different, um, different style leagues and tiers and things like that. But the main event is what it is. It is the main event. Um, it's 15 team um, roto style scoring 
with free agent ads and all that sort of thing. But every draft in Vegas is in person. Um, so I've never done a live draft. Like I've, I've played a bunch of these leagues and stuff like that, but I, I finally won enough last year to pay for my entry into this year's main events. And it ends up being about 650 teams that participate. Um, and they, uh, each league has a prize, but there's an overall component. So if you finish first out of all those teams that participate in the main event, um, you win $175,000. So um, there's some money at stake, but there's also a ton of sharks that are, that are better than me. But um, yeah, I've been prepping for this for a while. I've been looking forward to it um, to, to go out to Vegas for the first time in a long time. Um, I'll have some FOMO because I mean, man, I had some major FOMO last night seeing that Braden Sharp game at the Woodlands struck out 17 yeah. guys in, a, in a, a perfect game. I was like, oh, Who's man. Team? Didn't was it me that drafted him? Oh, I think it was. Gosh, yeah. like, and I'd been messaging with him a little bit, just kind of keeping tabs on how he was doing this year. And he's like, Yeah, like about a few weeks ago, he's like, Yeah, my arm feels great. Been up to 92, 94. I was like, Whoa, okay, that's uh, that's really, really good. And he's uh, on I mean, my that's, list. That's kind of the jump that I was, yeah, yeah, you projected this year when I drafted jump, him. Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah uh huh. Yeah. Um, so he's on my list to go see. Um, I, I've got a bunch of Woodlands games on my my list in April potentially to go out and check and see. But um, last night was date night. My, my wife is a big Broadway across America person. She has season tickets. So um, Charlie in the chocolate factory was last night at bass concert hall on UT campus was, was yeah. pretty good. I enjoyed it. So I come out of there and um, I can, I can see you singing along to those songs. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, it was, it was good. Um, definitely laughed at the, the, the German, uh, big boy that gets in there and ends up dying in the chocolate or whatever. But, uh, that's, that's kind of morbid, but, um, he was funny. He was really active, well-acted character. Um, so I come out of there and I get some bunch of text messages from the Keller Southlake game and that breed sharp one. I was like, Oh man, like it would have been so nice to have been there. Uh, so I have FOMO missing, you know, games on, on Friday, but yeah, I've been gearing up for this, man. I've been working on my Google sheet, and my rankings since like November, basically just kind of preparing for this and, and done. So, other- so how, do, so, so how does a guy that drafts so well traditionally get taken to the woodshed in, in the five tool draft? Who got taken to the woodshed in the five tool draft? I mean, the votes, I mean, the Twitter votes would say you did. The Instagram votes would disagree by a oh, bigger that's... margin of victory than the Twitter votes. Yeah. But that. You know, unofficial stuff over there. I don't. You know, I've thrown a couple. My, my guys have thrown a couple uh, no hitters in the let's, last. Let the record weeks. show. Who were you texting about your keeper options in fantasy baseball? Oh no! I hey, <laughs> yeah, you were, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I, I, hey, careful because a couple of people in that league listen to this podcast. But uh, um, no, I mean, I, hey, you're yeah, you're definitely. You're the guru when it for me when it comes to the the real fantasy baseball. But when when it came to the, the five tool draft, I mean, I, I, I yeah, my, uh, I think there was play. also some. I think there was also some extracurricular um, vote seeking going on behind the scenes too, and and uh, and things like that. And uh, I've talked to a couple <laughs> little birdies in the scouting community that said you were burning up their ears about some of these uh, drafts and stuff like that. So. Um, but you know, speaking of the draft, like, you know, is that not allowed? Is that not, no, it's allowed. You know, no, it's, it's prepared. It's yeah. Allowed. Okay. Um, speaking of the draft, like that's why, you know, fantasy baseball is such a different beast from fantasy football is, you know, fantasy football, you're, you're drafting value, you know, you're drafting value, you're drafting points and that sort of thing. Yeah. And you're just trying to, you try to capitalize on that value. And yeah, there's some roster structure element to that. Like, are you going to go zero RB? When are you going to take your running backs and that sort of thing? With fantasy baseball, from a roto standpoint, like roster construction matters more than just accumulating a bunch of value does because yeah. you got to get your, you know, in this era of professional baseball, guys don't run much anymore. There's not a bunch of stolen bases. Right. Um, so where do you get your steals? You know, where do you get your, your starting pitching? Like in these main events, from what I've heard, I mean, I, I'm, my head's going to be spinning when I come out of that room um, because starting pitching really gets pushed up like a bunch because everybody's like, there's just not much of the ace tier guys. 
uh, but where you get your speed, where you get your arms. And like, you've got to balance like, okay, do I have enough batting average? Do I not have enough power? Where's my speed? What's my starting pitching look like? Do I have ERA guys and strikeout guys and whip guys? And oh, by the way, there's so many closer by committees now across baseball. How, how are you going to get your saves? That's, like that? that's the one, that's the one I just yeah. don't like. So what, so what, it's been a while since I've done Roto. I used that used to be the only thing I played. Now I only do head to head. But so what's what is your not to give away your strategy if someone's listening? But do you like are you are you more for being average across the board in a lot of categories, or would you rather like dominate one or two and then be lower on some like forfeit, yeah, it's, yeah it's a good question and um like i'm okay giving away some of the strategy because the funny thing about this league i'm in is uh um the guys that host the sleeper in the bus podcast from Fangraphs are both in the league and i listen to that podcast uh, so uh. like and jeff zimmerman from Fangraphs and another podcast to listen to them it's so, like and there's a guy from yahoo um that does a podcast like I feel like I've like taken it and Scott Jinstad from Rotowire, like they're all in this league and they all have podcasts that I listen to. So I kind of feel like I'm kind of at a little bit of an advantage because I know who they like, who they fade, who they don't. But since there's an overall component to this and you want to try to compete in the overall, I try to get as I try to be as balanced as possible. And for me, I've got to come out of the early rounds with enough speed to where I'm not chasing that early later in the drafts because I think where you can really hurt yourself is, you know, let's take Miles Straw, for example, got traded from the Astros to the Guardians last year. He's probably going to hit near the top of the lineup for the Guardians, play every day. Doesn't do, doesn't hit for power, uh, but you might get 40 steals. Probably won't get any yeah. RBI. Like if you're chasing those guys late, let's say he flops or he gets hurt or whatever, all of a sudden you've, you've lost a bunch of your steals um, but that finding that replacement value just isn't there as opposed to a balanced right. kind of guy that can get you a little speed, a little power, a little homers. Okay. You can kind of make up for some of that. So I, I really try to come out of the first rounds feeling good about my speed and batting average, like finding guys later in the draft that can hit for an average that won't hurt you or will help you and that do anything else. There's not many of those guys like, yeah, right. Michael Brantley's nice, but Michael Brantley might not hit 10 homers and he's probably not driving in 80 runs, that sort of thing. Yeah. He'll really help your batting average. So um, I try to stay very balanced across the board and just try to get guys that contribute to all those categories. So that way in the later of the draft, if a guy falls that you really like, you can jump on him and say, okay, you know, I've, I've boosted myself here or whatever. And as opposed to having to get back, later in the drafts, like, oh, I've got to draft speed or I've got to draft batting average or this and that or whatever. So balanced across the board. I picked seventh um, in this draft, and I'm, I'm going to – Out of how many? Fifteen. So starting pitching is going to get pushed up a lot. So Garrett Cole's probably going to go second. Um, I think Jacob DeGrom, because of that, he came out in the spring throwing 98 with a 92-mile-an-hour slider. I think that he's going to go ahead of me. And I think there's a chance that Corbin Burns might go ahead of me too, just because everybody pushes up starting pitching in these leagues. So I'm sitting at seven. I know Trey. Who's Turner's one, one, who's one, Trey, one. Trey Turner will be one, one just because okay. the, the Dodgers yeah. lineup, the Versus. speed, the multi uh, position, <laughs> ability, second base and shortstop, he'll go first. Um, so I'm, you know, he'll go first. Cole will go second. Jose Ramirez will probably go third because third base is weak this year. And he's the guy that could steal 25 bags, hit 30 homers. Um, and then from there, it's like, where does DeGrom go? Where does Burns go? Where does Juan Soto go? I don't, I don't like picking in the middle early because it, there's not a clear first round guy for me sitting right. there, but later in the draft, it's nicer. Cause you don't get shut out on those runs. Like, Oh, here come a bunch of closers or here come a bunch of outfielders. Yeah. Or whatever. You can kind of, you can kind of get in front of those. Um, but I'm going to be, I'm going to, I know I'm going to be sitting there and it's like, do I take Vlad Guerrero? at seven because he doesn't, he doesn't run, but it's phenomenal lineup. The batting average, he might hit, he might lead the league in batting average. He might win the triple crown. Like that's, that's a plausible outcome for him. And yeah, that's what he he told Springer, right? Yeah. And like, 
it's just like just kind of reading some of his comments publicly, which I think is a very underrated thing about fantasy sports in general, is that you can take so much away from the human element in a lot of what these beat reporters report and stuff like that. Like Miguel Sano came into camp 25 pounds lighter. Um, people like best shape of my life. People like, you know, mock that and fairly so at times. But, you know, Robbie Ray was a good example of that last year. Robbie Ray had a breakout season. And part of it was because he changed his nutrition and his weight program in the offseason. He's like, I'm in better shape. I can throw harder. I'm going to throw strikes. And voila, it kind of happened. Carlos Rodone was like that as well. So you can take a lot away from that sort of stuff. But just reading some of the comments that Vlad's had, seems like he's on a mission. And I kind of get that vibe from Mike Trout, too um that he's like gonna you mean like, bobby witt jr <laughs> those swings man that is unbelievable i i like in my head i was like yeah they're probably pretty similar but they're like almost identical it's kind of it's crazy um that's a guy that i have major fomo on right now because i haven't drafted and i'm like he's gonna play third so he's gonna add third base eligibility which is a big boost because then he can be eligible at corner infield and middle infield and shortstop and third base man he might hit 20 homers and still 20 bags like at a base layer this year um just seems like i've yet to hear anybody ever say a bad thing about bobby witt jr no, yeah, yeah. The, the makeup the the weight room stuff the skill the tool like i've never heard anything say by bad word about bobby wood jr ever right yeah. and i know jeff like jeff is uh got out in front of the the market on some of his uh, rookie cards and stuff like you know i mean it, it looks like a really smart move right now but yeah i've gone i've gone way too deep into my fantasy baseball um strategy but i'm fired up as you can tell like i uh and part of it too is is like you know i've taken some trips but like you know the pandemic and having a child and stuff like that. Like Jack turns two coming up soon. Coil turn two coming up soon. It's like, it's like, man, I haven't really done anything like this in a while. So it'll be really fun. Uh, plus the, the March madness games will be going on as well, which would have sure always fun to be in Vegas for that sort of thing. But we'll see. I'm going to, I'm going to sit down tonight and, and map out my strategy. And I think on the plane um, I've uh, I'm going to kind of hammer out, fin- finish my rankings. It's going to, I'm going to walk in there with my trusty if you're watching on youtube i'll have my trusty notepad that i take all my high school notes on there's going to be like two sheets and i'm going to have all my players and positions and that's going to be my list not to clutter the brain because i don't think these rooms have wi-fi so you've got to you've got to know the player pool and stuff like that but um yeah hopefully i come back um i get back monday afternoon um I hope I, I have a winner in hand coming back and I feel pretty good about it, but uh, we'll see what happens. It'll, it'll be, it'll be wild, but yeah, it's a, uh, the big, uh, it'll probably turn into an annual event for me. Um, kind of the, the, the nerd gathering of fantasy baseball people that go out there and do drafts and stuff like that, but it'll, it'll be exciting. And, and I'll have some FOMO because um, you know, there'll probably be another somebody like Braden Sharp throws a perfect game and strikes off 15 guys or whatever, but I've told myself we we can't be everywhere. Uh, it's just it's it's a uh, it's tough. But dude, we, it is so it, it's hard. Like you have to really make an effort to be able to stay on top of it. You know, there's a couple a couple good. Um, you know, we we created that Twitter Twitter list. I mean, it's it's like a lot of work to just follow all the way through that. Yeah, like on, on a it's Tuesday a lot of work to Friday. keep up with pitching matchups and schedules just on their yeah. own. Like right. I'm hoping now that we're in district play, that sort of thing kind of dies down, but I get it now. Like, you know, one of my good friends that's a, you know, in the scouting world, like he would always kind of talk about, um, you know, you get back to your hotel and you figure out the schedule. Like I get it now. Cause like I got back last Thursday from the Tompkins game, which was a pivot from the Cinco Ranch Katie game that got canceled after the Tombaugh Memorial game and Tombaugh early in the day. And I'm like, where do I go? tomorrow like yeah. i had this plan and my plan fell apart like where do i go like i'm it's... like messaging guys to see if they're pitching and this and that and uh yeah it's so i'm hoping with district schedule now but even district schedule like i supposed to see jacob shoals and they push him up to earlier in the week it's like oh all right i gotta pivot yeah. from that and you know we were talking about chase shores well now chase shores is gonna throw at san angelo central because after the bye week he flips in the rotation which is smart because you want to get chase shores as many district starts as you can it's like, okay, now, you know, now I can potentially put that back on the books, but yeah, it's a, 
it's no joke, man. The there's an art form to like the schedule and everything, but you you and I are both wired the same way. Like we want to see as much as we can as often as we can, uh, while also not killing ourselves as well. But um, you just got to accept that sometimes you're, you're, uh, you're going to miss it. Like the Justin Lampkin game. Like I stayed to watch Smithson Valley and Sinton and Dip Dreaming Springs. And he threw a, um, well, I think a no hitter or a perfect game with like 21 strikeouts or something right. absurd. Um, it's like, well, I could have been at that, but you just, you just can't be everywhere. So yeah, that Twitter list has really helped. Um, you know, I have a similar one for, for major league baseball and stuff, but it's amazing how much that stuff, like if you get organized in that way, um, how much it helps you keep up with the news and stuff like that. But um, speaking of, I wanted to wrap up with one thing before we jump off here. Uh, you had a really good tweet recently, uh, quote tweeting somebody about, you know, for players and stuff when they're they're creating this social media presence. Uh, because, you know, you and I were talking before we started recording. I've been to, I think, 32 high school games. I've seen a college coach at – I've seen two college coaches. Uh, I saw one coach from Blinn in Brenham, um, which is right down the road. And I, I saw a guy, Josh Blakely from, from Texas state at a couple of games. Um, and that's it. That's all I've seen. So it kind of goes back to my point. I try to make with these parents and stuff like that. And these players is like these college coaches, when they're in season, they don't have a lot of time to go travel around to high school games, especially if you're playing on a Tuesday, because they're usually playing on a Tuesday you're playing on a Friday. Well, they're playing Friday, Saturday, Sunday, typically like they don't have time to go out and see you that much. So a lot of this exposure process is, is up to you during the high school season, but you had a really good quote tweet about like, Hey kids, like when you're setting up a Twitter account, you got to have all these things. And, you know, sometimes I'm, I even find myself going back through my notes when I'm writing my column, like looking for kids on Twitter. And it's like, like, it's like, so like, Joe six, eight, nine, one, two, three, five QW. It's like, you're not helping yourself, man. Like it's not, it's, it's, you're making it difficult to find you make it as easy for coaches to find you as possible and include every little single little thing you need to have on there. A high school, like website or coach contact all that stuff. I got it pulled up. So number one, use your real name. You know, don't use a nickname. Uh, put a profile picture of you, you playing or in your uniform. Cause if there's 17 George Joneses and we're searching for it and there's one that looks like he's playing baseball, that's the first one you're going to look for. Yeah. Um, have a link to any video or any footage that you have of yourself playing. Um, and you know, there, there's really no excuse for not having something, you know, like I know a lot of some schools do a lot better job of it than others and you have better access to it but there's nothing stopping you from filming swings on your iphone you know it may not be game it may not be game footage but it's better than nothing um and it helps it helps people that are sifting through it gain interest if it's something worth seeing um or at least it can tell a guy whether you're worth following up on or not um uh follow coaches and teams um that you are interested in Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times if a coach sees it pop up that somebody started following them, they may look at it and look at the profile to see who it is. And if it does, if it doesn't have all the right information or at least some of it, then, you know, that could be a missed opportunity. Um, and then, you know, even if, even if they don't end up following you, a lot of times if enough people are following you or you're following enough of them, it may still pop up in their timeline. Yeah. Um, you know, have your location in high school. Um, you know, your class, your position, what team you play for in the summer. And, and if you can like tag them too, put their tag in Mm -hmm. your profile, Uh, anything that can make it easier for coaches, because, you know, more often than not, a lot of these guys are sifting through a lot of these people. And if it's easy for them, that helps. Um, It just, it's something simple, but it it can go a long way. Um, And it's, Something that you can control, you know, and yeah. if you don't do it, then that's, that can be another sign. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's just, it's something simple that allows you to kind of, like you said, take control of your own mm-hmm. opportunities. Um, you know, there's a lot of things along those lines that you can do, but uh, I, I would really encourage that, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword because, you know, at some points I'm like, 
uh, I don't like, I used to not like all these guys that tweeted all the time, yeah. you know, and, and be like on that note, be careful what you're tweeting, liking, retweeting, because people aren't going to separate whether, oh, well, somebody else said it. He just retweeted it. They're going to view you as believing that or saying it yourself. So, um, yeah, I, I know, I, I know specifically of college programs that because of what a kid liked on Twitter, they, they cut the list. They cut them from the list. Like that, that sort right. of stuff is real. Oh no. I mean, believe me, when I was in Texas, we eliminated a lot of kids that were in contention for offers because of what we saw on their social media and, mm -hmm. and had to get rid of some kids that had committed um, because of stuff that popped up on their timeline. Mm -hmm. And it's a real thing. People look at it. Um, you have to understand that you're, you're not just a represent your last tweet. Isn't the only thing that people see. Yes. And we've seen, I mean, how many celebrities or athletes have we seen that people go back, you know, seven, eight years and find something they tweeted when they were 12, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and it becomes a story. Um, you know, I think I, we always push that the easiest way to approach it is if there's anyone you can think that your words or tweets or likes or retweets might offend, just don't do it. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's not worth it in the, in the long run and most of the time. Um, but, and, and just understand that you're, you're not, it's not just coming from you. It's a representation of your team and your family and, yeah. and all, and, and a whole lot of other people. So, you know, it, it's a great tool, but it can also hurt you if you don't use it correctly. Absolutely. Um, and it's dangerous. Like it's, it's something I'm glad that didn't exist when, you know, we were in high school and stuff, mm -hmm. but it's going to end up ruining a lot of people's lives in the future if they don't really take the time to monitor it and, and be thoughtful with it because, you know, it's it just, it's sad when you see like some of these kids that get, you know, basically blackballed or canceled because of something they tweeted when they were 12. I mean, shoot, I, I probably would have been liking and retweeting different stuff when I was 21, mm -hmm. um, you know, 36 now, but it's just, it's just something that it's easily avoidable and, and it can be used as a major positive. And so use it that way. Yeah. And, and just, paint yourself in a better light. So anyways, yeah. and, all, and always too, and I, I don't, you might've mentioned this, in, but keep your direct messages open. Oh, keep those open. Cause I mean, I can't tell you how many times I would cover football recruiting stuff and coaches would, would DM kids and they, like, keep it open. I mean, that's, I mean, um, not just for us, like um, it's really helped me. I'd like, I'll message kids and Hey, are you pitching or Hey, how's the season going? You got any new video or this or that or whatever, but um, you know, keep them open. So coaches can contact you, you know, and you know, if, especially like, you know, you can kind of combat that by, by putting your cell phone number on there as well, but um, keep those direct messages open. Um, Cause you know, you never know if coach might send you a message. Hey, you know, got any video or something like that. Like that's, that's really important. Yeah. I mean, like we said, if, if you can, if you, if you can use it, it's a powerful tool, but yeah. it can also, it can also hurt you very badly if you yeah. don't be careful with it. Yeah. No, yeah. Know what you're doing, that sort of stuff. And, and um, not to go too far down this tangent, but I mean, it's, it's not just social media. Like it's can be like, you know, what, if you're like a group text with a bunch of players, like what you text guys and stuff like that, like it's, you know, you don't get one of those reputations of, of having that sort of thing lingering and attached to you and that, and that sort of stuff. So, but yeah, I just, I saw that come across when, when you quote tweeted it and I was like, man, that's a, that was a great, um, great example of like the social, like the Twitter account one-on-one of like the things you should have on there because um, these coaches, man, I guarantee you, like, because they can't get out to a lot of these high school games, they're looking through their, their Twitter timeline to see what's going on. Uh, they look, they're seeing videos and performances and, and what kids are saying and all that sort of stuff. Like they're, they just, they're constantly gathering information um, to help better make them make their decisions and who they want to go see when they do have the time to go out there and check guys out. But um, it's just, it's just another part of the process um, that, that can really help you or in some cases it could hurt you as well. But uh, well, I think that's a good, good spot to wrap up on. Um, thanks for tuning in to episode 51 of the five tool podcast. Uh, we're on Podbean. We're on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we uh, upload these videos to our YouTube page. Where we're posting these and and player highlights from um, all the amazing film that we go out and get. I mean, our our 
our social media guys and our video guys do such an amazing job of, of going out and covering a lot of these games and the, the five tool S2 cognition games of the week and, and stuff like that. I'm, I'm excited to see if Tristan Russell has an encore um, this Friday um, in front of one of our video guys down there for that Bridgeland Sidewoods matchup was, which is the, the game of the week down there in the Houston area with S2 and, and five tool um, is the JP one and, and Preston, what is that the, S2 game of the week for Dallas. I think it probably yeah. is. Yeah. No, no, no. So. South, South Lake Keller. South Lake Keller. Oh, Keller. okay. So that'll be Griffin Herring, I think, against yep. against uh, Zach Erdman, I think. So I would imagine. I don't, I don't know for sure who's going for Keller, but yeah, I would, I would think, think it's probably Erdman since he didn't he didn't throw um, earlier in the week. But last time I saw him, I saw snowflakes um, as well, which was a crazy day at Round Rock. But um, <laughs> yeah, get to uh, make sure you're following all our Twitter accounts, social media, Facebook. Uh, but yeah, hit the subscribe button for on Apple Podcasts. And if you're enjoying this, please rate and review. Um, we appreciate it. We like reading them, um, but also it helps us kind of get into the feeds of people that are kind of looking for this sort of contact and, and increasing our exposure and stuff like that. But um, when I talk to y'all next time, I hope to have drafted a winner. We'll see. Um, really debating on that seven spot really hard. We'll see what happens there, but uh, I will have a uh, where, have where's a, uh, where's five tool foodies going to eat in Vegas? I see, I've I've not researched that enough. Um, yeah, it's uh, don't let that don't let that chance slip away because there's yeah. so much. Yeah, there's Sunday, so much Sunday's probably Vegas. gonna have to be a, a food day. Um, but I, again, like, I feel like Vegas changes so much every time I go, like it's from the food scene. So, um, I'll have to, I'll have to find some winners for sure. You don't want to get, you don't want to get caught at 11 PM at the McDonald's. Right. Everybody knows, everybody knows the McDonald's I'm talking about. If you've been to Vegas, yeah. like yeah. you don't want to get, like, you don't want to get into a place where, man, I'm starving. And like, you can't, like everything is either full or whatever. And you're stuck at McDonald's, that Mac- McDonald's on the strip uh you know getting a late late dinner or whatever it is but yeah i've got to do some i've got to do some research on that i've been so like meticulous about my rankings and strategy that i've i've unfortunately punted the food but um you know i'll have to get around i'll have a full report from the from the food scene um as well so um yeah i know that uh i know you're a big vegas foodie uh what's the place we went to on on your bachelor party the for like the steak place yeah the steak place s stk stk yeah that yeah. was where in what i'm trying to, that was a season it's, in the, it's it? a, it's a, no it's in the cosmopolitan cosmo okay cosmo yeah, yeah. and then we yeah. went to a show at caesar's i think uh yeah right outside of it yeah okay. the, um yeah it's kind of coming back to me vegas, vegas bachelor trips are a little hazy um with good reason uh but anyway uh until i talk until we talk to y'all next time uh we hope i have a good weekend um i'll have a vegas recap drew will have a uh, hopefully yeah yeah let's let's hope uh if you don't hear from me earlier in the week something happened uh drew will have a recap from uh from um, jp and uh and preston wood and uh we'll probably have some notes from from some of those other uh, five tool and, and S2 cognition games of the week down on Friday, but uh, wish me good luck. Uh, wish me, I guess, survival of a Vegas weekend um, until we talk to y'all next time. Have a good weekend. Take care.